Hey, shut up, so shut up. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Long time. How 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 are you? Yeah, what age are you now? <laughs> uh, still too old. Oh, you're not reverse Benjamin. Wait, are you reverse Benjamin buttoning or are you Benjamin buttoning? <laughs> yeah, I am reverse Benjamin buttoning. I am aging, and it sucks. I feel Every like day, this podcast, this podcast uh, ages us as well. Oh. Wouldn't you say? It ages you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. More more accurate statement. Um, I'm going to mute real quick while I open up my Monster Rehab Tea and Lemonade. Monster Rehab. Oh, man. Oh, oh okay, okay. You can only actually. Um, in the meantime. Free product placement. Wow. Monster, if you see a big bump, you know who sent them. Look at, look at the calories and the vitamins. I I don't trust those vitamins on the nutrition facts. Do you? You don't trust those vitamins? Like, hey, I'm vitamin C. I'm your buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vitamin C. You later. No, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't trust them as far as I can. I because I feel like there's a lot of things like I that they're not allowed to write on there when there are vitamins, and then sometimes I feel like there's stuff that's actually kind of unhealthy for you, like children's cereal but they like jump through all the hoops so they can list the vitamins. And then you feel like the healthiest boy ever when you eat them, but you're just having lucky charms. Like you're like 11 million percent of my daily ration of marshmallows. Okay. I'm covering <laughs> my marshmallow intake. But <laughs> if it, I love flavin in these marshmallows. So vitamin B12, 480%. So in my brain, hmm. does that mean that that's 480% of what you should have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like at what point is it too much? Also, there's probably is it is the serving size one can or is that like eight servings according to them? Serving size one can, twenty-five calories. Wow. I'm shocked by that because usually the serving size they expect everything that you get to be shared like a bottle of wine among like old Italian friends. And it's like, I don't know who does that. Like one tenth a cupcake is not doable for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'll have a quarter of a ho ho, please, and then can I you, just throw the rest of the ho ho away here. How do you feel at an office where somebody cuts a third of a donut with a knife? I don't have to go to the office for that. I mean, I at my house we have that, and I am no. very much against it. I think people need to make choices. Yeah, you have a donut or you don't have a donut. It's literally a zero or a one, right? It's binary. The zero looks I think like a donut. If it's a filled donut, then it's binary. Absolutely. If it's a if it's a ring donut, I'll give you splitting. You can then, split a donut. But then someone comes to the box and they're like, oh, half a donut. Uh, I don't want that. Someone probably touched it a little less than gently. Oh. See, that someone would be you. I'd be like, oh, good, half a donut. Don't even have to count this. You'd be like, half a donut, I can have sex with that. 
good time. All right. Um, probably not a great joke uh, to make. So I can't wait for this segue. <laughs> there's, no, there's no good segue, but we want we. It feels like it's our journalistic uh, responsibility to share share a factual update to uh, the Mason Greenwood case slash saga. You probably, if you're one of our dozens of devoted listeners, you probably remember uh us doing a podcast about mason greenwood but also the larger event uh in the news mason greenwood united's uh striker would you say yeah wonder kid striker of the future uh had very damning visual and audio evidence released that suggests strongly that he domestically abused and sexually assaulted his ex-girlfriend uh, this morning, moments before the podcast uh, was to record breaking news, uh, he has been acquitted of all charges, which, or, or is there a difference between acquitted of all charges and all, oh no, sorry, all charges have been dropped. That, right. that there's, there's been no case yet, or sorry, there's been no court proceeding. Um, it sounds like it was withdrawn from the lawyers of the the alleged victim and what neither of us is a lawyer i mean unless jeff yeah. you've got a secret double double career i mean i what i was make of it? like i i don't this is especially even if this was happening in america i would be woefully unprepared to discuss it intelligently but in the uk where they still wear wigs on top of their robes literally um and you know they just have a slightly different system to ours i don't know if i know all the specifics that would make me be able to intelligently compliment com com comment can't even say the word comment is the word not compliment i'm not giving i compliment you (laughs) but i do i I, here's the thing this is so late breaking that i actually haven't fully been able to read up on it even but let me take a guess as to what happened and you tell me if i got it right um is, wait, is that a responsible way to handle this? <laughs> no, because here's my my guess is what what I'm trying to I'm trying to make a broader point here that okay. like I don't think that there's been some crazy like Agatha Christie level twist and he has exonerated himself and we all owe him an apology. I think what has happened here is probably there's a lot of evidence that for sort of procedural reasons is not gonna be able to be put in. Um, he probably has a very expensive team of lawyers. And then the combination of those things and just generally the way that rape is treated in our society and judicial system has led to him being let off the hook for something that I think every single person who saw the stuff that was released online realized like, oh God, this guy's like beaten up and raping his girlfriend. Like that's real fucked up. Um, so I think, I don't know. Is that what happened? Am I correct? So... Again, because it's breaking, you're getting tweets and you're getting articles that are being Im- immediately pulled down because of UK libel laws. And interesting, wow. The fact so the fact that in the UK you're more protected as an accused person than in the United States. Maybe that's why we've handled this probably so awkwardly when it came out. Is because in the United States, like you can basically say anything about anyone, yeah, unless they're wealthy. Um, but in this case with, with Mason Greenwood, I, I think it comes down to 
Is there evidence? Yes. Is it evidence that will irrefutably prove rape in court? That's one of the hard. We we talked about this the first time initially. It's one of the hardest things sure. to to prove, and as a result, so many rapists get away with it. Like that's that's mathematically inarguable. So many rapists get away with it. Um, and in this case, you you have we have no idea what's going on. If it's like if Mason Greenwood has amazing lawyers and. He, he was able to argue something like, oh, well, you know, my side of the story is that she had a consensual non-consent kink fetish. And this is a role play that we would do all the time. And yeah. the bruises aren't that wasn't her. like you never know which way that like what to us seems like clear evidence to a, a jury or to a judge might might have holes in it or might there might be ways you could argue that he didn't yeah. do whatever it is that we think he did um but what it comes what it comes down to it from a public relations capacity i still don't think even with this development i still don't think he has a future at manchester united or in the premier league yeah i mean i guess that's i guess that's sort of uh dovetails to what i was saying where it's like if all of the if he like actually had sort of cleared his name that would be something different but to me, this ends up very much in the category of the Mendy thing, unless I'm missing something, which very, I very well could be. This news is late breaking, but tomorrow we'll know more. Um, but unless I'm missing something, it's like it's the same as the sort of Mendy thing where it's like, OK, you've managed to stay innocent and not be proven guilty on a technical level. But we know who you are now, you know, and I, I think it's actually a really fascinating one because he's he's still what? He's 20, 21. Yeah. Well, so he's been like, out of football for a year and a half now. Yeah. Maybe a little longer than a year and a half. Which is not nothing. I mean, like, there's a good chance that, like, I think there are a lot of clubs that on some purely football level would be really interested in him. But on another level, like, that, even that interest might be misguided. Even if you're willing to put aside the personal and moral and ethical problems of it, like, so he he's could been go out of football league. for a year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure if you can, like, there's a lot of guys that don't recover from that, you know? It's 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 interesting to consider in but in a way I kind of just like bringing him up again makes me sick. Like I even if 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 having him around was the difference for us this season, I would rather lose the league. Yeah. Like I'd rather or I'd rather lose everything than than approve of that than cosign what we've already seen and heard. Like it's not worth it. It's not worth it to mm to embrace a team if, if they don't, if they stand for pure capitalism, pure selfishness, but like, and, and employ, I mean, even the Ronaldo stuff, Jeff, we've covered it up, down, left, right, uh, in the least professional ways possible. But like, even though Ronaldo, Ronaldo either did a better job of burying it or it was longer ago, or we weren't paying attention, whatever the reason, it still felt queasy. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I feel sure. like I've expressed to you, trepidation over Ronaldo Greenwood is open and shut case in my mind, like a court of public opinion. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what else to say about this other than like, I'm, I'm upset for the victim. I can't imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine that someone would make all that shit up and, or be able to make all that shit up. And that makes my heart go out to her. And like, you got to yeah. expose yourself to, to, to really go after uh, someone for something like that. So she, she loses no matter what. Sure.
I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that would be an easy, there's so many sort of bigger picture things to think about and like sort of ways that this shines a light on problems in like the greater culture that it might be easy to lose sight of the fact that there's an actual human being on the other side of this that is very let down, I'm sure. Um, and so that is, that is very sad. And yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's worth thinking about. It's worth spending a moment on, but at the same time, I mean, it, it does, it just begs so many other bigger questions. You know, the one that like comes to my mind right away is like, if this isn't enough to prove a rape, then what exactly to, is, you would have you to know rape I mean? someone in a courtroom. Like you'd have to be like exhibit a yeah. and, and that's honestly depressing on behalf of women everywhere. I mean, and I'm I'm gonna say this. I feel like there are also men who have been uh, victims sure. of sexual assault that look at this and and feel the same thing on, for, sure. on behalf of the victim. Like, it's 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 just a fucking shame. And it's and it's it reminds us of the fact that football and the culture around it and the people involved in it. It's just not as as pristine as maybe we wanted to believe when we were younger or wanted to believe this whole time that like football is the world's game. It heals civil war conflicts. It brings people together, but also like it's power and it's money. And it's yeah. mostly men wielding power and money often against others. Like remember the stuff that we brought up about the French journalists that outed so many of the uh, African football federations for sexual abuse of minors. Oh, yeah. Like uh, that's a story uh, that's pretty much just gone away. Yeah, and I, and and in a way that's unsurprising to me, but like in a very pessimistic way about society. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Would you have any? You want? You have any last words you want to say about this before we move on? Because it's 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 not something that we can really belabor. There's nothing I can think of. Yeah. To... Yeah. I mean, it's uh, there, there's not much of a take to have on it except like rape is bad. Rape is bad, and it clear it clearly feels like there's not a legal solution. It's got to be an edu like we really yeah. if we were doing a better job by our our children, we would be educating them about not sex but consent. You don't need to talk about sex to understand consent and bodily autonomy and and keeping your fucking hands to yourself. Yeah, and it's not something we teach. If anything, we teach young kids that like by by ignoring it that like playground bullying is okay that like oh it's boys being boys all that shit that's sort of baked into like our society yeah is how we get to 20 year old or 19 year olds raping their girlfriends it's because for 19 years there's been really no education for that person to show them what a bad decision what a horrible act it is to do something like that to someone so like yeah the only solution is to have a better education system that is co-signed by our species yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't know how to even that like it feels like there has been so much more done on that and i don't know i don't want to be too pessimistic and like not i don't know not not see like where things have improved over the years because i'm sure that they have but it, it is uh Believing victims a, has improved, but yeah, but that belief only only like it stops right outside the courthouse because clearly like us all believing her doesn't matter if she doesn't have like DNA evidence that's like annotated with a time and date. It seems like mm -hmm. tough shit. And then even then it's it's a he said, she said, 
well, he raped me. Well, that's not how I remember it. And suddenly it, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually kind of depressed. Like this, this, this news coming out really threw me for a loop. Cause I know we have other stuff to talk about. That's supposed to be fun stuff. And it's right. Do we, do we want to try? And uh, maybe, maybe the segue is if there is one, let's talk about something else that, is football related. I don't know. Not yeah. graceful. Not graceful today. <laughs> I'm and glad I'm that I've a, left all of these segues for you today. <laughs> I'm wearing a blazer and I then I feel like I the like the least professional version of myself. Um mm. all right. Well, yeah. I guess we're just gonna talk about soccer now. Uh yeah. but but still <laughs> still obviously yeah. no, I think it's good devastated. that we started with the sort of most important human aspect of this, and then you know, the rest of it is just it doesn't matter, right? Things. It yeah. really doesn't matter. The rest matter. of it does not matter in the same way, which is good for you. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It's still, Since it's still you lost. Shitty. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's talk about... So Jeff, Jeff, uh, like other Europeans, takes seven vacations a year. Uh, I say this with my one vacation every three years policy, which I spent on <laughs> Jeff, uh, <laughs> and during which I recorded a podcast episode. So... Uh, Jeff, where where'd you go? Give us give us the the one paragraph version of your vacation. I went to Bad Gastein. It's delightful. It's supposedly one of the towns that Wes Anderson based Grand Budapest Hotel on. Why do I feel like you've been there before? I have. This is my third time going there. I love it. Um, and it's also it's a great ski destination. So shout out to Bad Gastein. The entire shout out to cocaine. Place. Um, they, they are all uh, friends of the pod. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It, it, it's it's otherworldly. Like it's built into this gorge. You walk around, and like there's just giant old hotel facades everywhere. And the skiing is really great. They have the longest intermediate run in all of Europe. Be 28 miles in one day there. Um, what else did I do while I was? Did there? you when you walked around? Did you hear like the Grand Budapest yodeling? Like la 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 la. la. <laughs> I would have if you had mentioned that to me beforehand. I did constantly like it's so beautiful. It literally almost hurts there. It's so nice. Wow. Um, we went to they. There's a fondue restaurant that's 400 years old there, and you have to take a small single seater chairlift to it and then sled home because it's on the side of the mountain. Oh, like but I would be so bloated. I'd be like unable to sled. You do. You sled so fast when you have like a belly full of leaden cheese. Like, like, <laughs> like it's amazing. That That um, is funny. Wait, is that what you had? You had a belly full of molten cheese? That was. Well, I guess by that point, it probably wasn't molten anymore. It probably hardened back up, which is kind of disgusting to think about. That is disgusting, but I'll let it go. I'll let it mm. slide. All right, so that's the reason that you haven't been able to podcast about... About the derby, about the 3-2 Arsenal win, about the... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much to make of it, because it's still... It's one of those things where there's still so many games left, but I do think this one... If you... It's like you guys can no longer win the title, but we can lose it. You know, and I think we're getting... We're getting close to that. Like if we were able to beat Everton and City in the next couple weeks, then it becomes similar with them where it's like, okay, they really can't just do it now. We would have to have a historic collapse. You know what I mean? Because suddenly we're just up on teams that much. 
Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a great game. Um, I don't know. I mean, to the neutral. <laughs> yeah. I, I also, I thought it was like, it's one of those away games where you guys sort of played the, like, because it's, how am I going to say this without sounding like a two? You, you, you laid on the pressure the whole time. Yeah. It was like, even in terms of like, if you look at the XG, the score line is very different than the sort of XG line because you guys sort of pulled two goals out of a hat. You know what I mean? Like it didn't really look like, Oh, you know, it's end to end. It's more like somehow, I mean, I'm trying to remember, man, it's been so long now. The order of the goals that were scored, was there a point where you guys were in front? Correct. I don't remember either. This is why we normally do the podcast week after the game, Jeff. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you guys scored in the 17th minute. We scored in the 24th. Then we scored in the 53rd. You scored in the 59th. Okay, so I guess you were in front at the very beginning. But no, I kind of thought that it was 2-1 you guys, but it was 2-1 us. But I mean, there were a lot of... I mean, it, this is the kind of game that I think Arsenal of many, many years um, in the last... 10 to 15 to 20 years would have maybe been beaten or gotten a draw. And somehow we pulled it out this year. And it just seems to be, I don't know if it's something about this team, if it's just 20 years of bad luck means you start to, you know, it starts to swing back the other way we were due for it. But it's like, this is the exact kind of game where like we'd play really well the whole game and then leave with one point instead of three. And this time we left with three. I don't know. What was your take on it? You ready for a dissenting opinion, Jeffrey? Ooh, wow, okay. Putting yeah. on chapstick for the for the listener who didn't not paying extra for the free Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one, we have to consider that the match that we beat you and the match that you beat us, it was the home team winning each time. So that's sure. that all is already sort of explaining a little bit of differential there. Um Two, we I think had... it does more than explained a little bit. I think that's like the story of this now is like these are both two good teams somehow. Neither of us really thought that was going to happen six months ago. And I don't know. Like it's going to be hard for us to win at Old Trafford. It's going to be hard for you to win at the Emirates. Two, I if I remember correctly, we had a midweek match and you did not. That is true. You had Crystal Palace and you had Casemiro sent off there so he couldn't join. So you were playing a weekend or just version. Just a yellow. Of just a yellow. He got a yellow, but it was a suspension right. yellow. Sorry. Exactly. And he is our best player this season. And he might be, I would say, in in for a shout for player of the season from how he has transformed us from a shit, shit team to a competent team. And another mirror reflection of the first one where we had party out. And he, it's a similar one where it's like mm-hmm. we are just we are just a way worse team without him. And you know, right? He's your party. I mean, I, I, w- I would say that that's fair. I would all, I would maybe say he's more important for us because without him, we are so much worse. And mm-hmm. and you're right in that. I think that's reflected in the XG uh, from that match. Like you guys played way better than us. You played, I would say better than three, two scoreline for sure. I think Casemiro is there. I think you score at least one last goal. Like he's mm. gotta be. And, and then who knows? Like, yeah. That, does that mean we win or does that mean we nick a point? Who, I can't speculate on that, but I can say that we are always going to be a worse team without him, especially away at the league leaders. So, you know, when when 
when uh, Eric Ten Hag started Casemiro, I kind of get that this is his thing. He wants to win every match. Like every match for him is the most important match. I would have rested him. I mean, we ended up not winning against Palace anyway. Uh, yeah, that's the, because... the real dagger of that. I mean, you should have at least sort of collected the uh, the easier points to grab with him in the lineup, but to get none of the points and have to lose him is pretty pretty rough. But all this comes back to that random-ass month the Premier League made, made us take off because of the stupid queen dying. It's amazing how much that still is the story it of the season. It has fucked us. It has fucked us so hard. We have to play every three days until May. Like, and we have, I don't know, 14 good players? Like, I, I, yes. And that is as much the fault of our ownership mm. uh, for for not sort of equipping this team properly. In the same season that Chelsea... Right, thanks, I forgot to click the... Is it just in Greenwood this whole time on the banner? No, it didn't say anything. We totally... Oh. We didn't have... I'm yeah, actually... Just, you know what? I, we didn't need to take a banner. Yeah. He doesn't deserve a <laughs> banner. Um, but, but, like... Chelsea has spent 666 million uh, pounds in this season. Yeah. So, like, we, we if we had reinforced half as much as that, this team would, you know, not fall apart when one player is unavailable or when players are gassed as hell. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of excuses. I mean, you do to... have is this might be a good little. Uh, we could jump around a little bit here, but we, we that could be a good segue into some transfer talk. Because you guys did have two transfers in to beef up your 14 good players. Are you did saying you 14 good or, or do you not? Well, did you did you want did you <laughs> want to do that now or did you want to just cover the other fixtures? Because we've had two weeks off, so there's other fixtures in there. True. Um, we could cover the other ones. We haven't really had a lot going on. We've had this one weird game, basically. That was uh, last Friday against Man City, which sounds like a giant game, but it was FA Cup. We went in with a relatively rested, like or a relatively rotated squad, um, a little bit stronger than like the Cup games in the Carabao Cup. But they apparently, and I have to sort of buy Man City supporters on this, but according to a lot of Man City fans, they were going in with their strongest team, and it was at the Etihad, and they managed to pull out a win, but it was a close game, and we had some chances in there. So there's a lot of copium here from me, but like I kind of feel like I wasn't sure that we should be trying to go deep in the FA Cup anyway, because similar to you, we have a game to make up. We have Europa League coming, although not quite as much Europa League as you guys have. Um, you have that extra round to deal with against freaking Barcelona. Um, although that should free yeah. up some of your even when that you know after we lose that yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah in the long run I'm not too worried about it and it kind of it it wasn't a game where like if they imagine how weird it would be if they had ripped us open six nil you know what I mean and it then we'd suck. be like oh yeah. god like we're gonna lose the title like this we've been getting our hopes up for nothing. I do think you are smoking some some strong Arsenal hash there. Like, ah, we we wanted to lose this one, guys. It's all about the 4D chess from Arteta. I don't it's funny because I don't think he wanted to lose, but he also it's funny also because I he I really didn't expect him to play, you know, Vieira, Laconga, like 
I didn't I expected him to play our best team and to come out and say, like, you know, when I when I lose a duel, I get upset. And, you know, to just be very competitive and to like because I think it's a weird psychological move as a coach of like, oh, like this is the team that the whole season has been nothing but talk about us facing them. And the first time we play them, we're gonna like put in some of our not great players. It's a it's a weird idea. I would think that if you were going to punt on that particular cup, it wouldn't be the week you play your strongest title challenge rivals. Like you psychologically mm-hmm. losing to them. I don't know. That's got to have some impact positive for them, negative for you. I can't imagine losing to them as a boost. I mean, if you want, if you want to smell some more copium coming from my direction, I'll, I'll call I'll, it out as that. I'll, I'll, Light up the old copia bong. Um, but this is after the game, there was a scuffle between Zinchenko, who obviously was on their team not that long ago, um, and Kyle Walker and a few other players. And because I think Kyle Walker's a dick. Yeah. But I I, I wonder like it's it, it it reminds me a little bit of, you know, like when Fergie started the tradition that has like really taken hold now of the guards of honor. Um, and I think that was even against, was that against, a, a, that was an Arsenal thing, right? Where he gave, he made United give a guard of honor to Arsenal because they'd already won the league when we played. And the Is reason. Is the same team that threw pizza at him? Right. Well, and like the reason he did it, because I, th- I believe you guys went on to win that game. Um, and the reason he did it is because he just knew it would piss off that team to have to like do that. And it I think. Was it like Keane? Was it like that era? I think, I think it, it I believe been. it was. Yeah, that would piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally everything pisses that guy off. That would piss him off a lot. Um, But I I kind of wonder if this will have that effect a little bit of like they felt like they were being held back a little bit and they weren't able to go out and prove themselves and they got a little bit embarrassed and they had like this weird little scuffle at the end. So it's like there's a little part of me that thinks that, you know, not that they were ever going to be struggling to get up for that game, but like they are going to be razor sharp now. And that, that other game is in two weeks, or not even. It's the 15th. Did, so, about two weeks. Ho- so did Holland start? He was playing, yeah. Did he start or was he subbed on? You responded believe... You, you responded. <laughs> I responded because I wasn't sure. I actually, the first half of that game, I couldn't watch. He was he was playing as much of it as I saw, um, and I'm think, I think that he did start. Well, I mean, at the very least, it's got to be comforting to know that your defense can stop him from scoring because for a minute it looked like nobody could stop him from scoring. So let's see. He was in the lineup right away. And actually this does. So the, apparently part of what I missed, and I saw this in like the highlights and then the discussion around it from other Arsenal fans, but we, one of the big names that we left out was Saliba. We started Rob holding and Rob holding got a yellow defending against Halan. And like he was, struggling a bit but he did they didn't did quite he get scored. off and then so at halftime he got taken off because um, he would have been a red card if he had you know I, yeah i think it. either there was a goal or a red card coming there basically um and so i think that that was probably a uh, a wise decision but um yeah unfortunately that's just the way that went and so in the time that you played one match uh after the derby I, uh, my team played three uh, because that's the way it and, fucking goes. Yeah. And bought yourself the chance to play another. 
Yeah, yeah, we just we just love playing. Um, yeah. But we all right. So in the English League Cup and the FA Cup, uh, we beat uh, Nottingham Forest uh, five nil aggregate home and away. Uh, a three nil win in the beginning, and then a two nil win yesterday. Uh, and in between those matches in the FA Cup, we beat uh, Reading three one, coached by former Manchester United and Liverpool sensation Paul Ince. Um, so that was kind of interesting because each one of those matches, I'm like, surely Ten Hag will put like the kids in and give the the old timers a, a break. But no, Eric Ten Hag is a Terminator 2 cyborg that has been sent to win every match. Even if he walks into like liquid magma, he will keep reaching <laughs> for the other team, uh, even if it sort of ruins the rest of our season. And for example, in the Reading match, uh, I don't know if you follow Reading, their striker is 34 year old fuckface Andy Carroll. Uh, <laughs> is he Andy, really? I th- yeah. I didn't realize that. So Andy Carroll, former Liverpool player, giant yeah. goon with a man bun, uh, at one point, or no, he had, I think, three different red card-worthy tackles that game. He yeah. finally got sent off for multiple yellows, but the first one, which he didn't even get a yellow for, he two-foot scissor kick, like, he goes in for a leg breaker on Christian Eriksen, of all people. The guy who died a year and a half ago on the pitch at the Euros. Yeah. Uh, and he he basically looked like he was offended. Anyone even suggested he should get a card for that. If you look like Christian Eriksen has like ruptured his Achilles from that and he's done till May. So yeah, this was a team rough. that had no depth in midfield. And Christian Eriksen was our Michael Carrick. He was the one, you know, ping passes around transforming the way we play offensively the way that Casemiro has transformed how we play defensively and my like when I saw that like he was going to be out my heart sank and I'm like cool so seventh place now um but uh since I just wanted to fly through those other matches we can switch to transfer deadline day I know your team did some deals but to pivot into that because of Andy Carroll uh hurting my poor dear sweet Denmark captain. Uh, we he's done for the year. He's done until the run-in. Which, if he can come back, maybe it's good that he'll be coming back as like a boost from the bench. Yeah. Um. But what what happened was we so Ronaldo left. You figure, oh, they'll buy some big time replacement striker for Ronaldo. No, uh, we got Vout Veghorst, which I think had happened. Had that happened by our last podcast? I believe it had. So you've heard all about him already. Um, <laughs> but then we we not only needed a uh, Kirkland brand striker, we needed a Kirkland brand midfielder. Uh, Ooh, this. To, to, I mean, sorry, that's not fair. Uh, to Sabitzer? Yeah, I, I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> Marcel <laughs> Sa- is it Sab- Sabitzer. Sabitzer, yeah. He's an Austrian... 28-year-old midfielder, played for Red Bull Leipzig, is now uh, struggling to break into Bayern's very deep midfield, just like Ryan Gravenberg. Ryan Gravenberg? God damn, every British guy is on, with a podcast says it differently. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, we needed a midfielder to replace Ericsson running around. It hopefully won't be Fred for very long. 
as we know uh, sort of how good he can be. Sure. Um, but yeah, we got two lone players, mighty Manchester United. Uh, oh, Wagers was a loan too, really? I yeah, do we have that. we have seventy eight dollars? <laughs> we like I don't know if you remember the Olsen twins doing the brother for sale music video in the nineties, where they were both trying to sell their brother for coin, not for oh, not man. even paper currency, but for coin currency. We have like the Olsen twins purse after a good day of brother for sale. We have that much money in our bank. Wow. Um, man, that's a, a memory that I didn't know that I had. But yes, I do have that. I would have we never can sing it. Should we sing it? I don't have it that much, to be honest. <laughs> and even All if right. I did, I would take us it. take us through the days of our lives plot line. That was the last two weeks of Arsenal transfer window. I mean, this is going to be boring because I'm just going to I'm just going to be full cope again. But it, this is actually this is interesting because I think there's parallel universes here. I actually feel like both United and Arsenal did the exact thing that we always complain that they don't do this window, which what, is like smart? Yeah, of like, okay, fine. You you swing and miss at Mikhail Mudrick. You know what I mean? Or you have these big transfer targets and like some, you know, these sometimes these deals don't get done. You know, it's a sample size of one. Like sometimes the guy just goes crazy or the agent is a dick or whatever and it can't happen. And then we always say, well, why didn't they have a backup plan? Like they've been knowing for two years that we need another defensive midfielder, another left wing or whatever it is. And it's like, in this case, I feel like both of them actually kind of did it. You know, like I think Sabitzer is a really good pickup for you guys. Not because I know his game that well. I've seen well, him a compared, bit. Compared to nothing. Right. Right. And <laughs> the thing that I love about him for you guys is because, like you said, like there's, it's not like there's only one hole that you're ever going to have to plug. You know what I mean? There's going to be another game that Casemiro can't play. There's going to be another game that Fernandez can't play. And it's like he can pretty much play any midfield position and maybe like striker a bit, like second striker kind of thing. So it's like, I don't know. I think that's very useful. And He's a that, runner and a dribbler. He he might be a slightly better Fred. Mm, I mean, and I think that that's that's very useful for you guys. So I I think that that was smart. And even I don't know. I think that Veghorst is also like smart-ish. Like if I think if I were a United fan, I'd probably be a little underwhelmed, especially that they're both loans, and especially that like you know if these were twenty-two-year-old buys and they sort of were bringing the same attributes with them, you might have a bit more optimism for them, but. I mean, not a bad window. They're like both known entities, pretty much. Yeah. But like, but Vedquist last season in the Premier League, admittedly for a shitty, no chance generating Burnley, was two goals in a season. Jesus Christ! Sorry. We both had alarms that <laughs> we went off little, at the same time. They my have... alarm, my alarm says, "Make up an excuse, get out of talking to Jeff." <laughs> yeah, same actually, but I. <laughs> No, it's it's you and it's your multiple personality disorder. You're like, stop talking to Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I gotta make no, up an excuse, but he'll never believe me. You're you're right. I'm just I'm just bummed out about the state of things because if the gla if we weren't run by the Glazers, if we hadn't given a billion away in interest payments and and dividend withdrawals, mm -hmm. and we hadn't sat on our asses and to buy An uh, Anthony. And instead got him early. Like we would have so yeah, much yeah. more money for purchases. We'd have so much money for purchases. This club was a financial juggernaut and they've run it into the ground. They're like the Elon Musk of <laughs> club owners. The ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, 
it's it's just a bummer that we're like we're essentially settling for normally what like poor bottom of the table or bottom mm. of the league clubs do and we're in a position where we could still easily if not challenge for the title like firm up a top three or four position and guarantee the champions league money to be coming in guarantee that you have a really good strong position to appeal to top players over the summer window like if you have it, Champions League or not Champions League is the difference between getting Frankie de Jong or not, honestly. Um, yeah. And it's and it kills me that, like, because the Glazers are in the process of hopefully selling the club, they're like, fuck these, fuck these fans. Like, we're not going to help them on our way out. Like, that's exactly what it is. Because wouldn't you want the club to be in the best position possible for your negotiating to be strongest? Like, if if right. you got if you own the club that's in second place and looks like it's challenging, then you get to ask for another half billion more in mm-hmm. in total value. But if you're in a club that's in free fall and the guy that comes in or the guy, sorry, that's sexist, but like so is soccer <laughs> Probably ownership. accurate, yeah. <laughs> um, but like if if you if you have such a huge project and they've got to clear 600 million in debt and they've got to put a billion into the stadium and a billion into the team. And then they got to pay you 5 billion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just starts to seem like a, a mansion that has cracks in the fault line, like cracks in the, um, what's it called? The base of the home. I don't know. I've never built a home. <laughs> have you seen, um, I came across randomly the, there's like a really nice infographic about United's finances um I'm surprised you didn't sort of, text that to me <laughs> i i think i probably will now but i maybe i was trying to save it for the day but i mean there's a lot of interesting sort of uh things on it but one that i think is very interesting is so they're 116 million dollar loss so 17 percent loss right now which i think is actually not like that sounds bad but i think actually a lot of clubs are in that same boat like post-covid because like, of covid just yeah. went through it um, like I think Arsenal is because everyone too far away from that. Is it be- because they didn't make any money? Like they they had a loss during COVID, so then the new season comes in and they had to sp- buy on a credit card essentially because there wasn't the the liquid cash. Well, from yeah, the previous season. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting thing to look at because so much of the the expenses are either player amortization, where you're playing for paying for players that you've already let go, or you know, even like there's a former staff column here that's 25 million. So 3% of the total Manchester United budget is going to paying people not to work there. Um, probably like Mourinho. We're probably still paying Mourinho. <laughs> that's what I was going to guess. Him and Ole signed long deals before we had to let them go. I was going to say, so that's probably like 10 each. And then I don't know. There's another manager that's half in there of probably the starting, making something. That's half, but like half even the that, 25 million... Like that's like a Leonardo Trossard, or you know what I mean? Like somebody. Uh, no. Like, <laughs> hey, don't want him. You wouldn't take. You him. wouldn't take him. No, because it's everything I heard about him before you guys got him was what a dick, and and I, I, we were just got rid of Ronaldo. Like you don't want to be like, well, mm. you know, you leave from one abusive person to another. Like I don't know. I like like Ten Hag has had this new policy of no assholes in. Yeah the transfers in i think that's a good policy because you see how bad this team can be when the dressing room is messed up yeah and you see how good they can be when everyone's like buying in and everyone's like into it and i would say i hate to say the same thing for you guys but the same thing for you guys 
It's somewhat true, but I also think like every football player is such an asshole that it's hard to like, you know, like by normal human standards, almost every single one of these guys is incomparably assholic. So like assholic, yeah, that sounds like know. they're addicted to asshole. <laughs> Could be. I'm not gonna Yo, rule man, that out. Just a little bit of asshole. Just just Come something on, to get me through. <laughs> Uh, it's been one year since my last asshole, so I got this little asshole-shaped coin. <laughs> yeah, I lick it. Um, anyway, the tastes, this tastes like coins too. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, but I all right. So, sort of that talking of assholes and Leandro Tosart. Like, I don't know if he is an asshole because he seems to be getting along well here. I mean, it's still the honeymoon phase. I Do you wonder... want me to bring up the, the tweet from his last home at Brighton? Yes. Leandro. All right, keep keep vamping, but I'll, I'll get he, it for you. Like, there was apparently a big fight with who's like the team captain of Brighton? It was, the, it was the dude who used to play for Liverpool that everybody likes. Not Jay Rodriguez, but another guy like that. Yeah, yeah. But And basically, it's like it became a him or me thing, and he wasn't the guy there. Um but Adam Lalana. Yes, la 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 la. So la, apparently, la, 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 la. Adam Lalana's Leandro Trossard dig seen in new light as details of Brighton Row emerge. Right, they were rowing, as they say in the Banshees. <laughs> oh wait, um, so it's it's row, not row. Well, according, have you seen that movie? They say rowing in that, but I would have said rowing because that's how it's spelled. English, right? Like English is so ridiculous. I wonder if the English, because that, to be fair, Banshees of Inishirin, 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 Ed Sheeran, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran takes place in Ireland, not uh, England. So maybe they say it different there. This is so funny, man. You only need to look at the last three games without him, Trossard. I think it's been 5-1, 4-1, and 3-0, Lalana told Sky Sports. So as I said to you earlier, players can leave Brighton, but we've got enough without them. We had enough without uh, Basuma, Cucurella, Ben White, Dan Byrne, Neil Mope. So if Leo moves on, we'll cope. We're coping already. Um, That's funny. It sounds like he's uh, not the, wrong. Like it, they are, they become the new Southampton where they're just generating a lot of great players. They're generating big fees for those players, you know, but it's not even just that they can cope without him. It has been reported that the bust up stemmed from the fact that Lalana wasn't pleased with the level of unprofessionalism Trossard displayed after his clash with boss Deserby, who apparently seems like he could maybe be manager of the season. Yeah. Which kills me because one of our clubs probably should be manager of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. If they sneak into Europe, although I, I don't know. They lost if, their if, manager mid-season to Chelsea. Yeah. They've lost five-star players and they're challenging for Europe. That's kind of nuts. It's pretty amazing. But if so, if they get into the Champions League and but Arsenal win the Premier League, who do you think gets manager of the year? All right. Fuck Mary Kell. Uh, Mikel Arteta. <laughs> <laughs> What's his first name? I don't want to say it wrong. Deserbi. It's not. Deserbi's Ro- the last name. I don't know. That. I know, but I want to say Rodrigo Deserbi. It's Roberto Deserbi. Close. He doesn't Deserbi this. I'm going to keep using that <laughs> as his name pun. Um, yeah, but so um, 
that was, did you have another question? Did I interrupt you? No, no. Uh, you refuse to answer my question, but anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I'm quite happy with Trusted. Like he is a, it, it's interesting because I, I, I've harped on this idea a lot that like we are basically now money ball teams, but we're like rich money ball teams. You forgot your old central midfielder. No, no. Yeah. We have two other guys to get to, but they're uh, all Jeff, of... I'm in first place and we bought all these players and they're all perfect <laughs> and all of their flaws are un are not visible to me. <laughs> um we bought well we bought two old players, we bought um Trossard and Jorginho. Is Trossard old? He's like twenty eight. So so he is a now player, whereas yeah. uh Go ahead, keep going. Jorginho is older than that, I think. Jorginho Jor might be 30. Jorginho was a then player. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, I mean, I think that he is a, uh, I think that they're both actually like pretty good signings. And I think that the, this might be something that we see as a role lot more players. Of, as might players, be like, right? Well, because it used to be if you wanted, and to a certain extent it still is, if you want to be a Moneyball team like Brighton or like, you know, um, the one that I always harp, harp on Dortmund, like it, you have to sign a bunch of 17 year olds and turn them into 19 year old wonder kids and then sell them. But I think I, everyone else is trying to do that. And now the price of a 19 year old striker from Ukraine is a hundred million dollars because of Chelsea. So maybe the move now is to buy, you know, sort of now ish players that, are at a good value, you know, when maybe, maybe they're out of, maybe their captain is talking shit about them in the paper. Um, if, if your manager can wrangle all of that, some managers can, and yeah. some managers get eaten alive by personalities that get a little out of control. Yeah. And think I mean, of it, think of it as like an advertising thing. Like you've got some creatives that are really good, but yeah. they're assholes. Wouldn't you rather have untalented creatives, Jeff, that are really super nice? Not really, actually. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like Trossard has already played well for us, like really well, and he's very talented. And I think, you know, like he's there to be a little bit of a fire under Martinelli and Saka, and I think he can play in a lot of positions, and that's very nice. Um, it'll be interesting to see soon because there'll be Smith Rowe is just about recovered, and then Gabriel Jesus posted a picture with football boots on today like out training um so he's ahead of schedule and so there's a point soon in the near future where we could have five like legitimate starting premier league um forwards that are fighting out for three spots so do you don't think that'll be tough to like if they're all actually that good who's going to be happy sitting i i mean the tough thing is would you be happy if any of them were happy? You know, it's like, I, I think there's going to definitely be, I think Smith Rowe has to play his way back into shape. And so does Jesus. And then I think also Trossard probably came to this club with some knowledge of like, okay, like best guy gets to play and you realize you're not the incumbent here. You know what I mean? Like there, everyone else is playing really well. We're on top of the league, but I don't know. I think, I think that that's, that's heartening to know with the Jorginho signing. I think, Wait, did you as as your five forwards? Did you even mention uh, what's going on with Folarin Balogun? No, I didn't. But I was planning to bring it up later because of course you were. Next, it's like year, Arsenal's winning the French league as well. I mean, he's going to come back after right now. He's leading the French league in scoring. He's above Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, any other French person because that's how leading the league works. Um, and he, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to make of him because the thing that when I was watching his highlights over the years, I don't watch the French league, but over the year I've been watching his highlights and I'm thinking he's just having one of those great runs of form where the ball keeps falling to him and he keeps kicking it in the net and we need to sell him for as much as we can get him this summer. And he's not an arsenal player. But then today I looked and I looked at his XG and his, he's actually only slightly like he's, I think he's got 14 goals and his XG is like 13.5. So he's just having a great year. And that's pretty cool. I wonder if him right now, like he needed this season of first team football, but I wonder if right now he's actually on the level of Enketia. Like I, I, would, yeah. I would say, are you there better? Any, I mean, you, you don't know until he plays prim, against Premier League defenders. Sure. Um, but but I would I would argue there's there's a good chance because I mean Enketi is like the same age. They've had like roughly mm-hmm. the same amount of first team football in their careers at this point. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm interested only until he decides he will not represent the United yeah, States. United then he, States then he can fuck right off is what he can do. But please he, don't fuck right off if you want to play for us. If you want to be our, <laughs> he, he could st- he could be starting striker for the United States right now. Yeah, I mean that's got to be. Would you rather wait? Radar. Would you rather wait to to lick Harry Kane's balls, or would you rather just be guaranteed international football at every in every important match? Um. Yeah, that one. The other, I, th- I think he's a three-way <laughs> eligible guy though too, because he could also it, play Nigeria? for Nigeria, which is like. But Nigeria, one of the... here's the thing. But Nigeria doesn't really do anything. There's not. I would. I would say arguably not as much money for the Nigeria national team. So if you want money exposure, like those, it's the money you get from like all those brand deals that like yeah. Christian Pulisic gets. Like yeah. that triples your salary. Like that's 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 good money if you're the star of a national team that has yeah. a lot of media behind it. Um, so, but like, isn't it crazy though that at, at like age 20, you probably have to do the calculus for yeah. matches I'll get, how how far in major tournaments will I be able to go? Uh, like like you're having to figure that out instead of just it just being an emotional national. But I wonder, decision. I mean, like during the Klinsman era there would have been approaches made for sure. And so if he hadn't done anything, it might be a sign of no interest. Whereas like, I kind of wonder now. Greg, Greg was really good at, at recruitment. Like that's actually one of the things he's been really good at. He is gone. There is no, not only no head coach, there is no senior staff and there's no director of football above the head coach. So right now, there's no scandals. Yeah. But yeah, that's well, there were scandals and now there's nobody. Um, But but if someone's making overtures to him right now, it can't be the United States because they don't even, Who's they're not even going to have yeah. that person in place until the summer. Hi, I'm intern, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, that is a, that is a good point though. I didn't think about that, but like, we're just in a bad state to recruit him when we should be in, you know, hopefully, but it, it would put us in a weird position where I really wonder like what connection level does he feel to America? Because he was born in, was it, was he born in Brooklyn? But like, has he, he, and he lived there like through some of his childhood. Is that right? Until he was like five, maybe. Uh, Cause I wonder see. what kind of like on some level, if it feels random to him that he could play for us. And there's like, there must be some level where he's like, but like, if I'm just choosing a team, but, you know, no, but check this out. So born in Brooklyn, 
2018, he gets called up to the England U-17 team. Then he also has four appearances for the United States U-18 team. So he's already represented the United States as a, a youngster. Then, then he jumps back to the England U-20 and U-21 teams. And I have no idea if that's just because those aren't cap tie. I guess youth teams aren't cap tying yeah, because I know you're only allowed to switch once for once you're like at the senior level. But I don't think he filed paperwork. I think it was just like youth team is almost the same as a friendly. Interesting. Like it would be senior national team or it has something to do with the, the age that you are. Like after 21. Senior national team thing. But Isn't I think even if you were to play in a friendly like, you know, these official sort of international friendlies, like not like a behind closed door scrimmage or something. I think that would very much like tie you to that club. I thought it was I thought it had to be like qualifiers or like a gold cup or a like oh, one really? of those tertiary tournaments, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think I thought it was just it was an official and... cap. Well, we're not we're not uh, know everything about the soccer's. Uh, we're just meet meeting the soccer's, them. not deeply <laughs> research the soccer's. Just glaze um, over it. No. All right, so i I have a not I have an amateur football update. If you if you would humor me, sure. So Jeff, uh, at our last podcast, did I mention my new Sunday uh, Sunday pub league team? Yeah, you talked about it for quite some time. Oh, well, I have way more to say. Um, so we, we, we hung out, uh, the team hung out before in a, as a, for preseason drinks. Uh, it was all of the things I've always dreamed about having in my life. I almost cried. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a team that likes each other, that wants to hang out. Then we played our first match, which we won against a team where I knew a bunch of the other players. So it was extra, extra sweet. I had uh, multiple assists from right back. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty great. Um, but then uh, we played again, and I think we won like six one or something like that. So we're yeah. we're two and zero. Oh, uh, Nostalgia FC, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, another is shout out to Scottish Neil. Or is it's that be, also the name? It's because it's because uh, it's because Neil uh, et al. Uh, would would always want to go to this bar that's really close to the pitch called Nostalgia Bar. And it's like our unofficial, it's like we show up after the game and everyone there knows that we're Nostalgia FC and we get like VIP treatment. It's oh, kind it's of really amazing. nice. It's the closest I'll get to being sponsored or having a contract. <laughs> Is it a sort of like goofy enough local place that they would put your dumb trophy up if you got one? Probably, yeah. That's awesome. I've always wanted to have a dumb trophy up in a dumb bar. Oh, it's so dumb great. Uh <laughs> and, and and then so this Sunday we have we have our second night game where it's like because it's six thirty, but it's winter, it's dark out at six thirty, so we're under the lights and we're Ooh. playing against the only other two and oh team. Ooh. So league leaders and and one of our best players has already said no to the whatsapp are you coming to the game poll that i created jesus christ renee renee i know you're not listening but come on this is this is put up or shut up time renee we need you (laughs) we need you to dribble through the entire other team and score oh come on renee uh also want to give a shout out to uh, any of your assists to renee where you just sort of like 
dinked a back pass to him and then he dribbled through five people and scored. Oh no, I wouldn't count that. I'm not an no. asshole. No, but in that first match, uh Christian, Holla Christian, uh I I basically like kicked I kicked like a long pass, kicked it. I kicked it. I passed I passed a long ball, like one of those long, like Scolzian Hollywood passes that just just cleared the the back line of defense and he basically like brought it down and fired oh, it in like a like the bird camp thing of like kicking your leg out and oh wow it was it was really uh it was emotional for me because i was like take that high school coach who thought i wasn't good enough <laughs> i was gonna say did you guys like are you guys playing in like the d league and you're just all ringers then no i would say we're i mean it's it's like a it's a co-ed sunday league so it's not like physically as intense as some of the leagues that i've played in and hated Mm. uh it's like the exact right pace and because it's 8v8 instead of 7v7 we're playing on much wider longer pitches which is great for someone who just wants a little time and space on the ball i can i can pick out a pass i can actually beat someone on the dribble if i have just an extra half second yeah 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 oh that's awesome how are your co-educational players the female players on the team i I feel like that is like secretly the key to winning these leagues so we just uh there was just someone who missed the first match uh but showed up for the second match lauren she played like the casemiro role for our team really she she took the ball off of like bigger burlier portland looking dudes like pretty frequently and then would just distribute and like there are others too i'm i I, i'm still like you know it's only my second match i don't want to on the spot call out like four people and miss one or two but like everyone's pretty good like i would say i'm mid middle of the pack which is a great feeling because there are players that are much better than me but then there are a couple players that where i'm like let me show you something let me show you how uh, daddy hits the ball uh <laughs> and that that was a genderless daddy i'm saying that to, to male players as well vacation um Vacation, but wait, does everyone does everyone here know Vacation Dad? I think that it's come up here. I know that it has like really caught on among my improv friends because I took another that's improv so class last great. week, and that's uh, so great. Now even the improv teachers know about it. And <laughs> all right, guys, I started a British meme as a visitor. That's <laughs> that's power. That's raw power. <laughs> These Americans don't know Vacation Daddy means. <laughs> Well, you're you you've made it you've made it flirtier. I called you vacation dad. Uh, let's be oh, clear. You know, I thought I thought you'd made it vacation daddy. No, vacation so dad. When hmm. when I was visiting, Maybe I didn't make that flirty. When I was visiting Jeff in London, we went out with all his fun improv friends, which I know that that was a mention on this podcast. Yes. I was talking about how Jeff so wonderfully planned all the things that we both wanted to do and and made it uh, the easiest vacation that I've ever got on. <laughs> um and so i would just call him vacation dad because he's a dad i don't know if you guys know uh he's a dad and i was on vacation and he was dadding my vacation you you see the calculus for this right it totally makes sense but but all but i guess call, they're all calling him vacation daddy because they all want to sleep with him mm. sorry rachel i'm not saying he'll act on it but it's a fact everybody wants your husband <laughs> that's not true um most now, people want your that husband. very important segment out of the way are you ready to play oh wait by the way by oh, the way wait. jeff half yes. of the half of my team now listens to the podcast and neil was like your your mate called me stingy 
Uh, wait, what did I call him stingy about? You, you said you said you know what they say about uh, about Scottish people? They're tight in the wallet. And, oh yeah. Well, I was just I, bringing up a stereotype. I and I, did I even make like a William Wallet joke? Drinks as you'd like to uh, <laughs> at Nostalgia Bar. Prove me wrong. Do Do you know what? <laughs> William Wallet only really cares about freedom because it's free. <laughs> He just said, free stuff. Free stuff. <laughs> they may take our lives, but they'll never take they'll our They'll never take stuff. my discount goods. William Wallet. That's good. Did you even say that joke last time? I didn't no, I didn't. I didn't. But William Wallet would be a great Scottish wallet company, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jeff. You 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 want to do your boing, boing, boing sound? Meow, meow, meow. Um, game time? Wait, that- do we remember what the score is? And yeah. how unfair the scoring system was the first time we did a game. I think that you're going to like beat the crap out of this game. So you only get seven questions. I believe seven is the record. But don't yeah, we but usually you, ask you, seven you definitely questions? Got, you, I think you got ten chances to score points in your game. Um, yeah. I Also, you're better at this stuff than I am. So there's that. That's not fair. I'm bad at everything. Um. All right, so the game is going to be this. The game is called Who Spent More? Sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. Ding, ding, ding. So (laughs) I'm going to give you two teams, and you tell me who has spent more. Net spend 2022-2023. This past seven months. Yeah, so summer and then this winter window. Okay. Who has spent more? Okay. Um, is this now, wait? So this. So then I have to factor in sales as well. So it's yeah, because it's net spend. Net so spend. Like, okay. You know, if you're clearing out players, then that will uh, put you in a different, in a completely different. Well, like I know, I know, City got a hundred million just from you alone. So like that all, I already know, City has a low net spend compared to Chelsea, who is just disgusting. I'm not here to give out hints, Skylar. I'm here okay. to read the damn questions. All right. So, first question on theme for the podcast, Arsenal or United? Who spent more? Are you is there music while well, I think? Do I have X number of seconds? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Oh, I feel like it's close. I actually feel like it's close because I feel like we spent more in the summer but you spent more in the winter. It is close. I'll give you that. I will say United spent more is what I Correct. That is correct, Skylar. But it's because we spent stupidly and you've spent <laughs> more efficiently. Um, that is also correct. <laughs> that is also correct. Lick your, you don't, lick your but old you butt. You do not get a bonus point for that because this is a hard quiz. God damn it. All right. um, so, you ready for the next question? Yes. I don't know why I said Bernaldo's thing. Sue? Um, City or Spurs? Fuck. Because I feel like Conte complained about not getting many players. But I know City offset their spend with sales. And I, I honestly can't think of who Spurs bought. So I'm gonna say... City. That's incorrect. Unfortunately, it Spurs was. Spurs spent more. What? Wait, what? What? Can, can you give me the numbers on that? 
Um, Spurs net spend is a hundred and forty-five million pounds. Who did they buy at all? I mean, they've had. Let's see, who did they it, buy? It feels like they just buy like tons of like seventy-nine rated midfielders from other shitty teams. I mean, Richarlison was that a buy or was that a free? I thought that was last season. Wasn't that over the summer? I don't know. Richarlison the was there. No, no, Richarlison was definitely at Everton through. So that was a fifty-eight million dollar fee. Um, yeah. Romero was that this year? No, Romero was not this year. Okay, I'm Romero was last year. But if you if you have net numbers, if you have net numbers, then yeah, yeah. I just believe you. I do. Um, I I only have the net numbers. I I don't. I can't show my work to uh, get partial credit here. But um, yeah, they they also spent on this Poro guy who's supposed to be like an amazing right back, but hopefully he's not. Well, clearly anyway, they're not Poro because they spent 150 million. I you know I thought about that joke and I was like nah, I'm gonna leave it. Um, <laughs> yeah, save it for save it for me. Save yep. it for me. I was like because Skyler's gonna do it anyway. So I'm the let's catfish see. of comedy. So you got one point. So or no two points so far. No. Do one I have so one far. point? You have one point so far. All right. Next one. Newcastle or Liverpool. Liverpool spent a hundred million on Darwin Nunez and that's it. Or did they get a central midfielder just now? I feel like they should have, but did they? And Newcastle, in the summer, I feel like they bought... I'm going to say Newcastle spent more. Correct, Amundo. Yes, so did Liverpool and Newcastle. I really should have done more. Like I was like, oh, I got the figures right here. This will be easy, but it would be cooler if I could go in and give you some of the highlights right now, but that would take way I'm, too much research yeah, I'm, time. I'm really entertained by the yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. Google it amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Um, next. Leeds or Palace? All right. So... I, I just know. heard you typing in. No, <laughs> that's my, all the quiz night rules now. <laughs> that's my fingers against my desk. Um, oh, I was like I nervously wondering because I got to think it through. Say it again. Palace or who? Leeds? Leeds or Palace. So Leeds just got Weston McKinney for like 30 something million. Oh, wait, but does it count if it's a loan with uh, an obligation to buy or. I didn't you don't know. That. You have no <laughs> fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. I didn't show my work. You, you, I found a graph. You've shirked all responsibility as game host. All right, so... Yes. Fuck. So I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say Leeds. Correct. All right, three for four is so far that I'm not looking That's horrible. not bad, my friend. Um, and, okay, next one. Two teams that I feel have been punching above their weight, one significantly above their Nostalgia weight. Nostalgia FC. Yeah. <laughs> Transfer of negative $100 <laughs> Skyler Hunt. Um, the or Brighton? Who had the biggest wait, your, spend? Your audio skipped for me. I heard Brighton, and that's all I heard. Sorry, Villa or Brighton? 
So Brighton, I feel like, has mostly sold over the last year. Villa, I'm going to say Villa's spent more because Brighton has sold for so much profit. You are absolutely correct. Um, it is Villa. And I put that in there mostly because, so of all the teams in the league, um, in terms of net spend, uh, the two at the bottom, um, I can say this now because we've already gotten through their questions. Brighton has a negative $105 million net spend, and they just ripped up a 70 million pound check from Arsenal and said, go fuck yourself. Um, City, have a $62 million net spend, and they just bought the best young striker in the world, so they can go fuck themselves. Halo spender! Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> and then, right. wait, so wait, wait, but, but it wasn't City you were talking about, it was Villa. True, 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 true. But uh, Villa, Villa just had like a normalish amount. They have like a $36 million net spend. Um, they have blown a lot of money like last, like when Steve, when Slippery Stevie G was their manager. <laughs> um, I got transfers like. I just find it interesting because, I mean, you always talk about whether a club is ambitious based on how much money they spend. But right now, number two and is it four in the league table? Two and five are the people who are, you know, selling significantly more than they're buying. Well, the thing about City is. They are only really able to do that by virtue of the success that they've had in recent years. Like they're so good that their second string can be sold for big money because those players are still highly desirable and still performing very well. They're just starting 25 matches instead of 40, you know, like, and, and, and two of those players are players that you bought and have been contributing to your season. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting one. I think, if you were to look at this over a net spend over say five years, then I think that Brighton and city would be in very different buckets in that case, because yeah. city definitely has spent a lot overall, but it's, it's weird. Then, to, it's weird that they haven't spent much this year. And for example, like I would say 10 hog is needs to spend more now than if he does his job, right. And we do our jobs right as a club, like four or five years from now, you shouldn't need to buy four or five first team players every year. Like you right. should be buying young enough that they've got a good run in the team ahead of them. And then you're just like tweaking and like some one player wants to go, you replace him. Like that's that's a healthy transfer market policy versus like, oh fuck, we only have one tire on our car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Any more? Two, two questions left. Right. We'll do it quick. Everton or Lester. Shit. Lester has not spent really any money. I think they may have just bought one player recently. Yeah. Everton, I feel like, has been doing their best to to compete with us for dumbest transfer policy over the last few years. So I'm going to say Everton, bigger spenders, also bigger panicky spenders. It, so you're, you're correct in the sense that Everton's net spend is higher, but they are both negative, which is insane. Who did they sell? Oh, because they just sold What's-His-Face, uh, that Anthony Gordon douche nozzle that nobody yes. likes because he looks like a – he looks like the guy from Karate Kid who picks on Danielson. <laughs> I mean, he does look like that guy, and he does look like a massive douche. But Everton just can't buy players. They've been trying to buy players the entire window. They may very well get relegated, but they just cannot get players in. So because um, they're they're, they're such a shit, they've been such a shit show of a club, and yeah. it's honestly not because the the owner Mashiri. Uh, yeah. 
I, I want to call him Farquad Moshiri, but I know that's just the bad guy from Shrek, and I'm combining. <laughs> True. He's two for nine. Uh, but, but like, they've spent so much, but it's been, like, what was it, Marcel Brands? Wasn't he the one that, like, just bought all these terrible players for them, and then he got let go of, like, during this season, I think, even. I believe you're correct. Um, Do I get a bonus point for knowing Everton's former director of football? <laughs> No, you get a negative point because oh. I said lightning round because I desperately need to pee. We have one more question. And Wait, but right to, be fair, to be fair, I'm five for six so far. Yeah, you have only missed one, um, and that's quite good. Uh, weirdly, the one that you missed, I feel like, was kind of an easy one that you sounded out later Shut for yourself. But your mouth. This one, I'm almost positive you're going to get because you brought up the number, um, and, but... Who spent more? This is not a net spend question, just a spend question. Who spent more, Chelsea or the entire German Bundesliga? Chelsea, because I heard that yep. on a different podcast this morning. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, he's seen that one. We hang out in the same parts of the internet, but it is I, interesting. I thought they also said Chelsea this year has spent more than, was it like last year's entire Premier League? It was like some some insane stat that I thought couldn't even be true. But like, how how is Chelsea permitted to spend 660 million like financial fair play it, that like yeah. that, that's not fair they're not making that money from a combination of revenue generated of by winning yeah. yeah they're they're not they're definitely not they they had their club sold place this year finish yeah does that just mean if you get bought by a sugar daddy they'll be like well one time we'll let them break all the rules well, like, a lot of it is this, I mean, and I saw this with the Mudrick deal is like, they'll space everything out for eight years. And so it's amortized. And so the hit on their FFP this year is not very much, but over the course of that contract, it will happen. They're actually thinking about a rule that would make it. So the maximum contract is five years to avoid that. But how about, how about the fact that uh, they Chelsea also owed uh, Abramovich like a billion dollar loan and he and in losing the club he wrote off that debt like that's not fucking fair <laughs> yeah no it's a really good point um yeah in a weird way like as much the as they were the one that were like gone. sanctioned it was actually you know they've probably benefited in the long run it's a billion they totally dollars off benefited. The and, and, they, and also i know we didn't really talk about this like in addition to like the money that that's been spent on madrick um the, the money that they just spent on the last day they paid Enzo Fernandez is 120 million fee for a first a midfielder that has had less than a season in Benfica's first team. He has yeah, a good World insanity. Cup. Good, that is the biggest like crazy World Cup purchase in my opinion because that's a guy people didn't even know about a year ago. If he's 120 million, what is Bellingham worth? 150? 200? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what Chelsea pays. <laughs> a, a billion ham? A billion. All right. That was funny. Play the theme song. I got to pee. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A soccer podcast. That promise.